This episode of a Quick Timeout podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Alabama, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Timeout podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Welcoming back to the show, assistant coach for the App State Mountaineers, Coach Mark Cassio. Coach, great to have you back. Always good to be here, man. I think this is the third or fourth time we've done this. These are always good. Yeah, try to make this uh, at least a annual thing, sometimes a little bit more than that. But busy schedule, and Coach Cassio was kind enough to carve out some time here before things get busy again in the offseason. If you're not familiar with Coach Cassio or haven't kept up with him lately, just finished i should have asked this before is this year two or is it already year three yeah i just finished year two going on year three okay all right so there in north carolina and before that was in louisiana coach for 16 years seven times a coach of the year five state final fours and the state championship in 2012 so today going to draw on those experiences all of those experiences from both places there kind of talk about coaches approaches in the summer months and kind of prioritizing things and what to focus on. And I know we all have a lot of ideas for the off season. And uh, I think sometimes maybe there's so many ideas that you end up not doing any of them. So for, for the coaches that thinking that way, and then for others, just kind of wondering how to do things or do things better or looking for better ways to do it. Just kind of in general, do you have specific goals? Do you keep things broad? How do you approach these off season months as a high school coach in particular? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm glad you said I was going to draw on all of my experience because as a high school head coach, it looks different as a college coach. But I think coaching in college has given me a lot of perspective of if I was a high school coach, what I would do differently and maybe improve. So depending on your year, uh, that could be the year you're coming off of, the year that's ahead, who's returning, um, what type of team you're going to be, is the style going to be the same, personnel very similar. I think it would serve coaches well to figure out if they want to have a macro approach or a micro approach to the offseason, meaning we're going to focus more on team stuff. Um, and, and that's always, especially from being at App State, one summer goal that we always have is we're always just working 0.5 because that is just the underlying principle of our offense. So if we're doing team stuff, it's typically 0.5 stuff. But do you want to focus on a micro level and it just be more uh, we're going to get better players, develop our players and have a systematic approach there? I think especially at the high school level, it's hard to do both uh, because your practices, you want to do install this stuff or get better at this stuff. But you also want to develop players. So I think picking one, you know, something's got to suffer. But can you cut deep in the one to where your fall can be the other? So if we're macro now, we can be micro later. We were more micro uh, this year. So in in this phase of the season, we were allowed eight hours. We had four on the court. We did more one-on-one skill stuff, some three-player skill stuff. And then on days where we wanted to compete, we just let them play. But what we did is we matched our skill development sessions with a KPI, a key performance indicator, for the competitive stuff. So as coaches, we were just really letting them play. We actually let them call their own fouls, which I think is great at this time of the year. One, I think it teaches, hey, not every foul is a bad foul. 
And two, just some accountability. Like I, I fouled him. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, so we were very hands off as they played. I would just write, we were filming. So I would just write down the timestamp where I could go back, clip that and have a film session. And it was all driven by what we were working on. Uh, but it was much more player development focused uh, than team focus. As we go into the summer, we would, we'll probably shift to more macro uh, just because we'll have our newcomers coming in. And in that way they can be well acclimated to the big picture before we get down to the details. As you go through the summer, just through the off season, do you track things? What does that look like so that when you come back, it's not, yeah, I think I got better, but there are maybe specific things that I actually got better at. Yeah, that's a good question. So we didn't stat any of our competition stuff. Um, we do track a lot of our shooting drills. That's always a big part of the offseason. It's just a time where you can get in and tweak a little bit and just get a bunch of volume in where all of our drills have either a goal or we're keeping a personal record for those players. So that's definitely one way that we measure. Tell you what, the other way that we kind of measured on a team scale is we added some conditions to the games. So some of our coaching staff uh, had some great ideas. Like one was we were playing half court three on three or four on four, and we're playing the eight by twos and threes. I love that because it takes about five minutes. So it's almost like a segment of college basketball before the media for us. But if a team turned it over three times, it's an automatic loss. Uh, and the amount of times that, and that didn't happen a ton, uh, but it definitely happened earlier in the summer or earlier in the spring than it did later in the spring. So just by doing those type of things, it's an easy way to measure things just because how frequently they're happening. Another favorite of ours, our head coach just really values rebounding as everyone should, but uh, any offensive rebound put back ends the game. So I think with, that's also just a good measurement of effort. Like if those things aren't happening, we're probably not playing hard enough. So that's how we measured. We wanted to keep this, phase fairly light you know you're coming off such a grind you we wanted our players to want to be in the gym rather than it just feeling like an extension of the season i get this a lot from high school coaches you've alluded to to this a little bit already probably even more so now though than maybe even when you were coaching the amount of time that you can spend with them it seems to be growing every summer <laughs> Uh, yeah. But still, I, I don't I've never heard a coach say, man, boy, we had enough time this year. They're always wanting more. Um, yeah. How do you make sure that you maximize that time? And the fact that it's not like you're just practicing with them. There's usually maybe a camp or there's, you know, tournaments that you might go to. How can you make sure that once you get done with whatever that time is, five weeks, a month, that you can feel like we actually accomplished something and we got better? That's going to this is actually going to prepare us for the fall. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question because I get that question a lot too. Just high school coaches, and I know I felt it as a head high school coach of I can't really do anything other than strength and conditioning with my guys in the spring. Then all of a sudden exams are over. We have a week, and then we're going to play 20 games in June. Mm -hmm. um, and every state's kind of different, but every every coach, no matter what, has the scarcity of time, right? So I th if I could go back, and I did not do this, but to me, this just makes perfect sense. If I could go back, I would establish a KPI for every phase of the game. So you're looking at half-court offense, transition defense, half-court defense, and then transition offense. And it just would just keep cycling, right? The game is cyclical. So, and I would, 
Because, man, especially if you're taking over a new program, even if you've been established at your program, you could come up with the KPI. But I think it would even be even better if team meeting, you'd say, hey, give me some key, some important elements of transition defense. One, you're checking for understanding. Hopefully we have a lot of ideas, right? Hopefully they're saying stop the ball protect the rim, load to the ball side, you know, protect the three-point line, whatever it is. Um, but let's go stop the ball. And let's say you like that one as a coach. You can kind of guide them and say, ooh, stop the ball. Like to me, that's man, that's something that we could have been better at last year, something that's really important in transition defense. What if we only focused on stopping the ball this summer? Because you're not, you know, you got three, four or five practices. The hard part about planning those practices for me was always well, we can't do all this in five practices, but in five practices, if we're working on stopping the ball in transition, we can get a whole lot better. And I would do that for every phase, you know, half court offense might be something like um, shot selection or ball movement. Half court D could be something, an intangible, like diving on the floor. And I think if you, I think as coaches, we all want our kids to, to be a little tougher, to dive on the floor, to block out better, all those things. And sometimes we don't know that we're deficient in those until we get exposed. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, if defensively it half court defense, it was block out to where as a coach, you got to design your practices to have stop the ball in transition and we're going to block out. And if other stuff is not perfect, that's okay. One in season, it's never going to be perfect. It for sure isn't going to be perfect in the summer. Uh, and I think if I can be a little bit more player led, if I could go back, I think that would make my practice planning so much easier. And then as I'm talking through this with coaches that I work with, then you have more time to focus on behaviors. And we'll kind of, man, maybe we'll pivot here. Multi-sport athletes. Here's another obstacle, I guess, of summer league and or just, you know, you're over the summer, you want all your guys to be there. One, if I could go back and I started doing this towards the end, I got better at this, but low expectations, high standards. I'm not going to expect to have all my guys for every game because we've got football, baseball and all these things or, you know, girls are playing softball or whatever we have in the in the summer. Can I meet with the other coaches and say, I want to have everybody at this weekend like or this one week of the summer? This is going to be huge for us. Can we just can we all be on the same page that they can miss those things to be here for that one time? That way you've got your whole group. So low expectations on they're going to be there all the time. But when they are there, we're going to have really high standards for you. Um, So when you have the football players or the volleyball players in your practice and you're only focused on one KPI in every phase, I think it helps you with focusing on the behavior stuff, the team stuff that oftentimes, you know, football has their culture, volleyball has their culture, and then they come to basketball midway through the year and it's just very different, right or wrong. They've got to learn a whole new kind of system, right? So you can really focus on, hey, we're going to run on and off the court. That's, you know, subs, timeouts, uh, halftime, whatever it is. We're going to run on and off the court, and we're going to be, you know, we're going to go by the 5-10 rule. If I'm within five feet, I'm giving a high five, 10 feet. I'm saying the person's name and acknowledging them. If we could get to a place where we're focused on behaviors in the summer league, I think that pays so many dividends in the fall and in the winter. 
And then last thing I'll say uh, on that is uh, with high standards, just like the team helping with KPIs, can the team help establish our standards? So before we do anything for the first time in the spring, summer, we have a whole new team. Even there's a lot of familiar faces, the team's going to have a whole new personality, good and bad. So, all right, first summer practice. All right, let's establish some standards. What's a great practice look like? Uh, we're working hard. Okay, what does hard work mean? Uh, we're sprinting. Okay, write that on the board. We are in a stance playing defense. Write that on the, whatever it is. You know, everybody's on time. We're communicating. We have great eye contact. The gym is picked up after practice, right? So establish all those things. And then the weekend comes. It's our first team camp. All right, it's our first time we're traveling. What's a championship team look like when we travel? Write those things down. And then when your multi-sport players are there, they're kind of getting acclimated to how they're going to how you're going to do things in the winter whenever they join you. So those are some things that we started to do towards the end, but also with a fresh perspective, just being away from it and being able to step back. And I, I think that would alleviate a whole lot of stress on and off the court for players and coaches. I would imagine that also helps engage them in the summer months, which I think is another one of questions I get all the time from coaches like how do I keep these kids engaged excited about this it sounds like that kind of leads them to take more ownership for what we're doing in the offseason and I'm sure it has long-term effects for the whole program culture-wide when they're the ones establishing the standards and holding each other accountable to those things and it probably pays dividends beyond the summer months I'm guessing no doubt yeah I mean I think the shift you know the big shift from coach-led to player-led is a gradual shift. So the more we get their input, the more we make it a shared culture, because honestly, some programs need to be a little bit more coach led right now, or some programs are better in the middle. And then your more advanced programs are more player led, but it's a gradual shift and it's a year by year thing. And I think we got, we got pretty close to being there at the high school level. Uh, and it's because we would, we would share the vision of what we wanted, right? Like we wanted championship standards and how we traveled and how we did this, but we let them completely define it. And then your role as a coach, instead of being bad cop all the time, you're more of like best friend, just saying like, Hey, didn't you say you wanted everybody to be on time? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Tony wasn't on time. Why don't you go talk to him? You know, and it's more player to player. And then, so a lot of times we would ask our players, our leaders, so standard review, right? So this is a good kind of a shared culture thing is, all right, one of our standards where we were going to be on time all summer. And then the second week of summer hits and you got some dudes rolling in right on time. Somebody was late. And usually as a coach, it just makes you fur furious, right? So instead of getting mad and instead of feeling like it's getting away from you, sometimes they just need to be reminded and reeled in where you could meet with just the leaders. You could meet with the whole team and just say, hey, one of our standards is going to be on, that we were going to be on time. How are we doing with that? And they're probably going to say, ah, oh, we're slipping a little bit and then find the root cause. What is it? Because usually over the summer, we had guys going to football workouts in the morning, then go work in a part-time job and then trying to take a class in summer school. And then they're coming and it's sometimes it's just, it is what it is. You know, uh, other times it's, I don't have a ride. Well, all right. So our leaders, y'all got to help us out here and we can avoid some of those obstacles without them getting off the rails. And we're not we're not letting our standards dip 
because like to me, then they're not standards, right? They're just things that we talk about. A quick timeout is presented by Huddle, the market leader in video-based analysis solutions for basketball teams around the world. Huddle continues to make advancements to their suites of performance analysis solutions. Tools you know like Sports Code are enhanced by their industry-leading tech like Huddle Focus, an AI-powered smart camera that's built to integrate into Sports Code right out of the box. It captures and uploads videos automatically from any gym. Head over to huddle.com slash a quick timeout to get a peek at all they're bringing to the hardwood for every level of the game this season. Talk to me about practice specifics, some suggestions for coaches. Do you feel like they have to look the same as they do in the school year during the season? What are some things maybe that you emphasize as a coach, even to the specifics of maybe some some things that you say to them? you know, coaching cues or, or anything that, that again, would help with that engagement and help make it a little bit different. And maybe even it's probably a word that people don't necessarily think of with summer, summer workouts or summer practices, but how can we make this special that this is a special yeah. time of the year? I, I love that because I always felt June for us was really special. It was almost my favorite part of the year, probably that in March, but in June there's, not a ton of adversity, right? Usually everybody's kind of eating, getting some playing time and coaches were not scouting. There's, there's not a ton of pressure. So I do think just that summertime, even at the college level, this time with our players is special. Just we're in the weight room. It's lax. We're on the court. It's all about them and their development. Uh, and everybody's got a really positive outlook on next year. Even if we were horrible last year, like everybody just says, Hey, we're going to be better than we were last year. So everybody's kind of got a positive mindset. So I love that. As far as practices go, I, they were definitely different, but it had the same flavor. If that makes sense. I always think less is more with practice and that's hard as a coach you want to, there's so many things you want to focus on. And then that's really uh, worse in the summer because you have very little practice time. So I would say less is more. I think the fewer amount of segments that you have, like an individual skill segment, a small sided game segment, a competing segment, and that's it. And I think if you have those KPIs in each phase, then you can really focus on player development within that. You can focus on coach development. Like I think every coach should go into the off season on how you want to be better and you want to be different. And I think that's a good way to, that's a good time to practice some of those things. So I think summer is also good because it's always at the high school level. It's always that weird deal where the freshmen are now practicing with the JV and the varsity and you just don't feel like a team yet. And you've got to build that. And I think if I could go back, I would just slow down a lot and reteach how we're going to practice. So emphasize, hey, what's really important in our drill, in our practices is that we go drill to drill quickly. So when we are practicing, when we're when we're drilling, and I call another drill out, I want to try to get into that as fast as possible. So seniors, I'm going to need y'all's help. Always be first. Go grab a freshman, rising sophomore. Tell them, hey, come and just follow me. I would also give them cues for, hey, we're going to play to the whistle. Okay, so freshmen, it, just never stop playing until I blow the whistle. Or if I say freeze, uh, I usually said hold. Every time I said freeze, they thought I said threes. So I would always say hold. When, when I say hold, I need you to stop what you're doing and just look at me. Because what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick coaching intervention, and then we're going to get right back to playing. 
And I think just introducing those things slower, what I would do because I can be impatient is I would say hold and then the rising sophomores like dribbling the ball and all of a sudden it ruins my day. You know, like that's a big deal. So yeah, I think just slowing down uh, a lot of times it's guys haven't touched the ball a whole lot or they're playing AAU and they're already kind of fighting burnout. I would keep it light. Uh, less is more. And then just as a coach, slow down and, and be a better coach. The tournaments and the, the games that we play, you just finished off talking about the amount of games that the kids are playing with AAU. Do you make those for the school team different? What goals do you have for those? And do you have any goals for people other than just the players? Is, is there, are there other things that you're trying to achieve program wide? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I, I would say definitely an opportunity to have your assistants have more of a uh, more ownership, more autonomy, let them lead some huddles, maybe even players. I would ask a lot more questions because you're, you're not you're not scouting. Uh, there's no game plan, really. Your uh, approach to these summer games, hopefully, are just, hey, we're doing us. Whatever we want to be next year, this is just the first step in that process. And sometimes it's, uh, let's feel it out. Like, let's just use the summer to experiment. I was talking to a coach uh, that's in the courtside group, and he wanted to experiment with different sub rotations. And he actually had a really good point. Is like, I don't even think I'm going to explain it to my group because I don't want them to overthink it. I think I'm just going to say, hey, everybody's going to kind of play because it's the summer. But I know the system that I'm using for subbing, and I'm going to see if I like it or not. So I definitely think it's a good time to experiment with your systems. And then as far as games go, I would actually play less games, to be honest. We, I think we played less and less every year. I think by the time we got to the last week of June, I think everybody was ready for a basketball break. And I don't ever want the season to ever feel like that. I always want my guys or girls to come back hungry and just when we finish, be like, wait a second, like, that's it. We don't have any more games. And then that way they go into the fall or into July a little bit more hungry. Yeah, as far as the the games approach, though, a lot of times it's running clock. I, I think you have to decide, are you playing the win? Or are we going to just kind of play and then last four minutes, hey, let's play to win here. Play our best guys or girls. I'm calling timeouts. We're fouling if we're down. I think those are kind of decisions that you probably should have a philosophy when going into the, to the summer season. Kind of an off-the-wall question. Do you have any ideas for – bonding or kind of building the team chemistry or anything fun like that, that you've done informal, maybe even away from the, from the basketball court. Yeah. We always did a team retreat. And I think if you could going back to multi-sport athletes, if you could have it during the time where you have all your players, uh, that would be awesome. But, you know, I, I think June is so fun because the ultimate way to build a relationship and build trust is just quality time spent. And, so sometimes those team camps where you play at 11, you play at two, and then you play at five, it's it can be brutal at times, but it's also really, really fun because the guys are just kind of hanging around the gym. They're watching different games. You're going to eat team meals together. So I think a lot of that stuff is built in, and especially if they're maybe we're on the bus or maybe parents are driving players, just kind of new experiences for them. Uh, so, but we always did a team retreat where we would establish our standards have some fun, but it really, it kind of set the tone for the season uh, for, for us. And that, that was always really well received. Honestly, the first time I did it, I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't, I don't know if these dudes are going to want to do this. 
Uh, but they they were really into it. And every year I was like, hey, coach, when's the retreat? Because, I mean, if you think about it from their perspective, they're hanging out with their friends overnight. We slept on campus, uh, just brought some air mattresses and sleeping bags and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, I would encourage every coach to look into doing a, a team retreat. Yeah, we've done that. I, I think just the amount of time that you're together. What I found is you have those segments where it's like everybody together. And then it also, just because of the amount of hours that you're together, there's also time where people can kind of break off. And like, it was me and a couple other guys going and fishing. And that's where you get to build the relationships one-on-one and have the different interactions. And so I know it's not always possible for people to go away. Maybe they don't have the expenses to do that, but if it's possible, go do something like that. But like you said, even if you can't, can't afford doing that, make them sleep on the gym floor on air mattresses, just doing something memorable, weird like that. It's one night they can handle it. Guys usually like that. So, yep. yeah. I, I was going to say just like a shared experience um, yep. is really cool. That's like you going fishing with a couple guys is probably what they'll remember forever. Uh, yeah. They'll probably forget all the, the stuff they did over the summer except for that. Yep. That's cool. Do you have any resources? Do you use, I mean, even technology? Have you used any technology to, to stay in contact, uh, communicate? We went through the COVID and everyone was doing Zooms with their team and I'd question, I'd like to ask coaches, like, are you even utilizing that anymore? Uh, is there anything like those kinds of things that, that you would suggest or thoughts that you have about doing something like that? Yeah, we, we actually are still using it. We use it um, in recruiting still, especially with the portal, where if you can't get a kid on campus, yeah, Zoom with them. But we have some, so right now we're wrapping up exams. Our girls are going home. We have some scheduled Zooms just to, kind of keep everybody in the loop, stay connected. I know like our head coach cares about our kids so much that she hates to be without them. So she's always looking for ways to connect. And I know like my last year as a high school head coach was post COVID. It was like that season after all the craziness where it was still a little crazy, but we were able to play and, and all that stuff. We did a lot of zoom scouts, uh, whether I met with the group on zoom or sometimes I would hop on zoom do a little video scout and then send it to them. And uh, I think anytime you do that, it's good to have some engagement there. Like, Hey, give me one takeaway that you got from the scout or kind of give me a summary of a player that you think you might guard in that. But, uh, but yeah, that's a good point. I do think we found the value in zoom over COVID. And then as COVID kind of goes away, do we forget about the value of zoom or just technology in general? I have a feeling that people are going to have questions about something you said or resources. You mentioned the, the courtside consulting. You have a lot of things written down, forms, a lot of types of things like that. Where can people connect with you if they have any kind of follow-up questions? Yeah, so uh, just my name at gmail.com. So markcassio at gmail.com. I'm on social. I'm most active on Twitter. That is at Coach Cassio. Would love to connect with coaches. You know, um, I love having discussions like this because I think it just keeps you really sharp as a coach. Get new ideas, kind of refine some of your systems. And then part of the part of the consulting is just anything that I have, like you talked about resources on paper, anything that I have becomes yours. So it's almost like I'm your assistant coach or or I'm a, a older coach, mentor coach, and then I'm just kind of passing along all the stuff that I've used in the past. So X's and O's all the way down the running summer camps, you name it. Uh, I love to share it and talk about it. At least connect with him on Twitter, Coach Cassio. 
more than that, check out the website. He's got a lot of great stuff on there. And like you said, opportunity to learn from somebody who's done it, uh, somebody who's currently doing it. And our program has benefited from what he has and the forms and videos and everything else out there. So a lot of great stuff. That's Coach Mark Cassio, App State Assistant Coach. Coach, appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, man. Pleasure as always. You do a great job. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.